Good. Uh, I'd like to ask for your attention for a few thoughts on retreats. It may uh, surprise some of you that the concept of retreat is actually not very old. Yeah. In some ways it's very old. We know that people have met like we are doing it here uh, probably for a long time. On the other hand, the documented history of meditation retreats is not very old. hundred years maybe. Although the practice that underpins our getting together and our exercises, uh, they are very old, but the actual format of a retreat is not very old. It is something that has come about probably through Western influence in, Buddhist, in the Buddhist world. I'll spare you the, the details of the arising of the Vipassana movement out of a Burmese secularist movement or how uh, I, in my own time as a Buddhist monk in Thailand, have struggled with my teachers to actually allow that a monastery goes on retreat. Suffice it to say that it is a very powerful way to come together and to practice in an orchestrated fashion, acknowledging that it is not easy to meditate. However treacherously simple the instructions may sound, the anecdotal experience tells us it is not easy to simply attend in a focused way to something like the sensations of my in and my out breath. It is not easy for reasons that I hope will become clear in the coming days. Uh, these minds have habits, they are conditioned, and so are the attentional movements. One of the things that does help us if we actually arrive with our bodies in particular places, one of the things that does help us if we adhere to schedules and patterns. One of the things that does help us in the experience of us being alone in what we're doing, actually seeing others and being in the presence of others practicing. So, um, formal retreats have something both very supportive and they also have something slightly artificial. I would expect that most of what we do in the coming days uh, differs from how you live back home. There's an artificiality to this. We're not actually producing much. Formal retreats are not very effective for the gross national product. Yeah. We're ritualizing things. We're slowing things down. We're standing, we're walking, we're sitting, we're eating. We're, some of us will be cleaning stairwells, and some of us will be cleaning toilets, and some of us will be cleaning dishes. Um, dusting things. So we do a little bit of work, but that's clearly not the focus of what we're doing. The focus of what we're doing is we're meeting our own experience and we're meeting our own attentional habits. And we're doing that with a few parameters. So we're playing with some of the parameters. One of the parameters is we give ourselves tasks. Yeah. Attentional tasks. Now assume that your attention has habits, like your body has habits when it moves through space. 
We all know that we recognize each other's gait. When we're too far away to see each other's faces, we can recognize each other's gait. We know precisely how Susie walks or how Peter looks when he comes uh, across, the, across the field. Yeah? We recognize somebody's gait. Now, the, the, the pattern of movement that we so easily recognize as being specific and personal uh, is mirrored. We have patterns of emotion, we have patterns of perception, we have patterns of attention. And one of the things that retreats do, they help us to acknowledge the patterns of attention. And not just that, um, <coughs> beyond mere acknowledgement, we're actually trying to establish patterns of attention that are quite uh, distinct. Uh, patterns that may have to do with our own habits, our own um, the wholesomeness or the unwholesomeness of some of those habits. So, retreats are steps in self-discovery. A self-discovery that is uh, something we need to support each other in. That support comes through a variety of gestures. These gestures uh, are quickly named. One of these gestures is presence. Yeah? You have made it here. That's the first gesture. Without that gesture, nothing goes. Yeah? So, you've taken that first step. You've, you've made that first gesture and you're here. And that is an important gesture. We, we will have to keep making this gesture. Right now you're here, but who knows where you are tomorrow morning. So, I would like to urge you to keep making these gestures of being present. Another of the gestures is that we um, return the attention inward. This is a very powerful move to turn the light inward. Now, much of our attention habitually does not go inward. Much of our attention habitually goes outward. There is a strong evolutionary bias that attention goes outward and goes out to the most dominant intensity in our sensory fields. This is not very contemplative. The contemplative movement is precisely the opposite. Contemplative movement is the attention returns inward and it does not attend necessarily to the most dominant sensation or experience, but it chooses where to go. This is a lot more difficult than it sounds. It's treacherously easy to say that. And yet, the whole habit of attention uh, will be primed to do something else than that little suggestion means. Namely, turn inward, attend to things of my choice rather than attend to things that are dominant or powerful or intense. <coughs> Another of the gestures we do is we take care of each other. We are here and a retreat is a collective experience. I may feel I'm here in my own world, I come here uh, on, on my, under my own steam, I have my own story, I have my own practice, and yet we're here together. You're encouraged not to talk, I quite strongly encourage not to talk, in fact, um, I hope Elena has made that clear to you. This, one of the key features of this retreat is that we are one together with each other, that we do not talk to each other. This is a very unusual gesture for a group of people. 
um, to actually not address each other verbally and seek each other's attention. That's very uncommon. Depending on how you were raised, this can give rise to all kinds of feelings. If you've been brought up with a a loud family with many kids, and uh, you you were a young one, and there were always older ones and louder ones there, you may greatly enjoy this, that you don't have to sit near and compete for attention because some bigger sister or some big brother is clamoring for all the attentional space in your family world. Um, maybe you've had a depressed and reproachful silence at, sitting at the top of the table in your childhood, and then you may experience this silence slightly different. You know? So, I do not know how silence affects you, but it is a very powerful tool, and it is one of the tools that helps us return the attention inward. We can be sure that our neighbors will not try to seek our attention. They will not pull us out of uh, us attending to our own inner processes. There will be rhythms in this course, rhythms of sitting and walking. Uh, If you look at the program, you see you really don't have to have much... uh, you really don't have to do much choosing, basically. Um, we've, we've orchestrated that. It's quite scheduled. So I, I would like to invite you to um, actually follow that schedule rather than uh, have your own parallel little schedule which competes with this schedule or which you have to somehow squeeze in, 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 in with this schedule. I would like to invite you to take up this schedule. So make a choice of attending to what's going on according to that program, to what's going on, the exercise we do. This is an invitation, and that means that you um, basically forsake your uh, many choices you can, you can do during the day. I would like, like to not just ask for your compliance, compliance is a good thing, but actually I would like to ask for your commitment. Yeah? This is an even better thing. So rather than a, a a teeth-gritting and grudging compliance to this schedule, I would like you to embrace this program wholeheartedly and join. Join and make this a collective experience. Retreats are collective experiences. We are with us and our story, but we're also with people. And these people, you know, some of that may be inspiring, they may be sitting with us, they may be supporting us in quiet ways, and sometimes they will not, you know, sometimes they will sneeze and cough and fidget, and that's also part of the retreat. So for the coming days, I'd like to invite you to make whatever happens here part of your concept of meditation. Retreats hinge on your willingness to be circumspect. The fact that so many people are here and move through the spaces will mean that they're going to impinge on your in, in some form or another. And you have to acknowledge that you impinge on their worlds and their sensitivities. So, although we do not speak with each other, I would wholeheartedly recommend that you hold your meditators, fellow meditators, in a warm, wel- welcoming and kindly space, in a kindly, attentional space. 
Attention is never neutral. Whatever you may have been told, bare awareness, witnessing awareness, forget it. There is no neutral attention. All attention is colored by tones in the affective domain of our being. All attention is coming from a very specific place. We are never without needs and we are never without an effective tone in our attention. So if you attend to your fellow beings, I would suggest you attend to them kindly. Noble silence doesn't mean we treat each other as meditational obstacles. It doesn't mean we're going to hold each other. Uh, Basically, um, it would be better if you weren't here. This is not a very salubrious attitude to take towards your fellow meditators. So, uh, although you may not go into each other's stories, and although you may not talk to each other, I'd suggest you hold each other with, as the scriptures say, with kindly eyes. I'd like you to acknowledge your own expectations. Retreats tend to have a few surprises, and the more I know of my own expectations, the more I can meet these uh, the events that come up and, be, and meet my own uh, attitude I bring to this retreat. So it's good if you know what you wish this to be. It's good what you hope did you get here. Yeah. Does this microphone work? I have some doubts. It doesn't, huh? Good. I'll get the other one. This is a first here, and uh, we may have to give up the experiment. this work? Any better? Yeah. Thanks for bearing with me. This was my first attempt at making this work. Great. So, we have a few factors. Presence, silence, friendliness, welcoming friendliness, an acknowledgement of the collective nature of our practice. I'd like to ask quite seriously to extend your notion of meditation so far that everything that happens now until you leave is basically part of your notion of meditation. You will not get wrong experiences. You may not get the experience you like and you may get some experiences you didn't even know existed but um, trust me these are all right. There's a profound rightness to what we experience, even if it doesn't feel right. So if you're here hoping to get into the right movie and trying to get rid of the wrong movie, I I would like you to um, try something else. I would like you to think that the movie you're in is the right movie. Even though it may not be the movie of your choice, 
But if you acknowledge or if you maintain the possibility that the movie you're in is the right movie, this movie can change. If you think that the movie you're in is not the right movie, it is very unlikely to change. Yeah. The transformative magic starts with our acceptance. Yeah. The transformative magic starts when we are willing to engage with and to meet and to relate in kindly ways to what's taking place. That's where the magic starts. We will not be able to let go of things unless we're willing to accept things we may not like. Good, this is... What else? We have... Uh, Elena probably spoke about the five precepts. I would like you to stay out of the library. Yeah? This is not a time for writing. This is not a time for reading. Uh, I'd like you to switch off your mobile phones. I'm quite serious about this. If you feel that you should not switch off your mobile phones, uh, please question that attitude. Um, if you feel you need your mobile phone as an alarm clock, don't believe it, switch it off. Yeah? Um, if you're not willing to switch off your mobile phone, I suggest you consider actually leaving the retreat, quite bluntly. Yeah? <coughs> this whole thing hinges on your willingness to be with yourself present here. This is not a statement against the existence of mobile phones or against the existence of digital life. Uh, I'm part of this digital world um, and I'm, in fact I wouldn't find it easy to manage my life without this. But it's necessary that we make use of the on-off switch for digital life. Otherwise this digital world takes over. And give yourself those few days to be truly here without keeping tabs on the rest of the world out there. If something really bad happens, people will call up the office and you will hear it very soon. Yeah. You all know the number of this place. You can communicate this number and then you switch off your device. I'm quite serious. If you're not willing to do this, do consider that this may be the greatest obstacle you're meeting on this retreat. We'll be doing exercises, Jaya and I will be guiding you, giving talks, instructions. And the source of these instructions is no secret, it's the Satipatthana teachings in early Buddhist contemplative tradition that comes down to us through a variety of texts and uh, oral traditions. This is powerful stuff, uh, you are in good company, uh, people have for centuries done these exercises and are doing these exercises around the globe. If you are already aware of this, I'm sorry to bore you with this fact. If you're not aware of this, uh, just see whether you can pick up as much as you can. There is a rightness to what we pick up. Sometimes it's not the whole, sometimes it's a particular detail that strikes us. Um, retreats have a magic and retreats have um, also a, a corner of mystery. Give yourself the permission to make an experience before you already have to know where it takes you, what it means, what it is called, and what it costs. Yeah. Give yourself the permission to actually be there and be with it before you know where it goes in your life. Yeah. 
Good. I trust you have a sheet in front of you. These sheets will be used every morning. Uh, I'd like now to take refuge with you in the language of Pali uh, for ritual sake. You see uh, double lines. There is a Pali line in the English translation so that you know what you're doing. Um, There's two things that, you know, both ritual and routine hinge on repetition. And the difference between a ritual and a routine is that the ritual does the repetition with the greatest degree of consciousness. There's a great power in repeating things in conscious ways. Now you'll know this is not quite easy because repeating things has the implicit invitation that we stop being aware and stop being conscious. The human mind re reduces its degree of awareness when things are automated. So repeated things tend to give us the feel, I know what this is about, so I don't really need to pay attention anymore. We, we all know this. This happens in jobs, it happens in driving, it happens in marriages. Yeah? I know what I'm doing here, I know what this is, I don't really need to give my full attention to this. And you know what's happening, isn't it? In jobs and while driving and in marriages, yeah, something goes lost. So, it is an art to bring back consciousness into something that we repeat. We will be repeating these refuges. I'll give you the Woolworth version of three refuges, just to be clear. When we take refuge, we don't take refuge to wooden statues. Wooden statues are, um, some of them are beautiful, some of them are inspiring, but they're certainly not going to make you free. So you do not take refuge. This is not actually a Buddha. Huh? These are Buddha statues. There's a big difference there. The Buddha that you take refuge to sits in here. And his name comes from the root, the verbal root, Bud, which means waking up. So, when we take refuge to the Buddha, we recall that there's something in here capable of waking up. That means capable of happiness, capable of freedom, and capable of understanding. That's what we sometimes forget in our lives. And that's why taking refuge, and that's why Buddha statues can be quite useful reminders. So when we take refuge to the Buddha, we take refuge to our own innate capacity for waking up. Obviously we have some structural resistance here. The second refuge is, the, is about understanding. We are capable of having enough intelligence to understand the principles that underpin our phenomenal experience. The world as we experience it through our senses is capable of being understood and we are capable of such understanding. By understanding these principles and aligning ourselves with these principles we heighten considerably our chances for happiness and freedom and being um, kind in this world. Thirdly, the refuge of Sangha means that I'm not alone. People before me and people with me have walked this path and have, have some realization. It means that there are beings out there right now with me 
who share my aspirations, who share my wish for happiness, my wish for freedom, and my dedication to practice. And these people are here. Some of them have lived before me and some of them are living with me. And I recall that although my experience may make me feel I'm alone with this, and isolated, this is in fact a partial distortion. There's many, many beings out there who share my aspirations and my dedication to practice and the wish for, to be free from afflictions in the heart. So, let's do this. If you hear this the first time, just join in. Nobody is taking your soul. Uh, and if you want to offer your breath and your voice, I'd be delighted to hear it. Yeah? Dhammo tassa bhangavato arato samma sambudassam Dhammo tassa bhangavato arato samma sambudassam Dhammo tassa bhangavato arato Sama Sambudasam Bundang Zaranang Gachami Namang Zaranang Gachami Sangang Zaranang Gachami Dutiampi Bundang Zaranang Gachami Dutiampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Sankham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sankham Saranam Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.